0: HQ. Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning, welcome to On The Pace. Michael Guerin joining you on a Monday morning. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you're back to winner at this crazy busy time of the year. Well, we had some epic racing yesterday on Breeders Challenge Day out of Menangle. So huge meeting there, daytime meeting. Don't have many Sunday daytime meetings anymore. But for those who went along, it was a ripper on the track. We had Australasian records. We had some stunning winning performances. And maybe, just maybe, we saw the winner in 15 days' time of the New Zealand Cup. Because Swayze wasn't in a Breeders Challenge race. He was in the free-for-all, the... Best in Bed's Battle of Bathsheba, free for all. Cameron Hart was his driver. He had other success on the day, but it must have been quite cool sitting behind Swayze again. Good morning to you, Cam. Well done on a successful day, mate.
1: Good morning, Mick. Yeah, thanks very much. It was was a great day of racing, and uh, lucky enough to be sitting behind a couple of nice horses, and, and they were able to get the job done.
0: Let's talk about Swayze, because... You can make a case he's getting close to being the best older free-for-all. He's five of course, leap to fame as four uh, in Australia. It must be a very exciting to sit behind him. He looks a big, strong horse, Cam, with a long stride. And when he gets going, he must give you a great sensation.
1: Yeah, it's just incredible, Mick. He's, um, you know, he's putting the runs on the board now and yeah, he's just a powerhouse horse. Um, he can run any time and is just so powerful even, you know, yesterday I think he was just outside the track record and he still had plenty left in the tank. So he's a very exciting horse and yeah, just um, yeah, pretty glad I'm the one that gets to sit behind him.
0: You didn't really seem to ask him to run to his full until about the three or four hundred. So had you gone earlier, and obviously there's no need to, do you think he could have won by more?
1: Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, you know, sometimes when he's out in front, he can be a little lazy and that, but um, once you shake him up, he gets going. And I think you I'd asked ask him earlier to put more of a gap on him. But, um, yeah, like you said, he, he had him covered. And, um, yeah, we look forward to the New Zealand Cup now.
0: All right. The New Zealand Cup, which is two weeks tomorrow, is a different type of race, a standing start, 3,200 metres. He had a standing start trial at Menangle last week and he seemed to handle it pretty well, but there were only three horses in it. What do you make of him in a standing start New Zealand Cup? It's going to be a big crowd. Uh, Obviously, he could be on the front line with nine other horses. Do you have any concerns about all of those new factors in his life?
1: Yeah, no, it's obviously a big task uh, for a horse, but um, yeah, it's probably helps that we've had a bit of experience with Majestic Cruiser over there so we know what to expect and Dave sort of knows what type of horse you've got to have to to take over there and I think Swayze that that horse is is a pretty you know professional big horse Um, you know he's quiet and he doesn't get too stirred up about things so yeah at the trials he he stepped away beautiful and uh, you know had no blunders at all in his gear so I can't see that being an issue.
0: Would you see him potentially wearing hopple shorteners? For, for those who don't watch the harness, hopple shorteners reduces the size of the hopples, smaller steps earlier, and then you can expand them later on to get into full stride. Would that be potentially something looked at from the standing start?
1: Yeah, I think we will, Mick. He, he wore them at the trials the other day, um, just to be safe. Honestly, the way he got away, I think he, he probably doesn't need them. But you know, when we're going that far and, um, you know, a race like this, you don't want to be... Um, you know, leaving anything to chance. So, uh, yeah, we'll put them on and uh, that should help him get away.
0: So, last year, you almost won a New Zealand Cup. You finished second. You've had great success, you and Jason, in New Zealand. I'm sure you've watched the races around the Akuta type horses, and Akuta, for those listening, is racing today in the Kai Kura Cup in New Zealand. How do you rate him against those horses as best you can, Cam? Because uh, I've seen plenty of this horse. I don't really know what to make of him against them. That's they're such different types of form lines.
1: Yeah, it's very difficult to to line up the form for sure, Nick. Um It's just different style of racing over here, just in general. Um, but you know, you got to when you go over there, you got to expect they're going to be very tough to beat. Um, you know, it's not too many Aussies have gone over there. Being able to win the New Zealand Cup, and there's a reason for it, and uh, obviously a lot of quality horses over there. But, um, yeah, like I said before, I think we've got the right horse to to take over there and give it our
0: best shot, that's for sure. Uh, I'm sure five years ago, the New Zealand Cup probably wasn't something you thought enormously about as part of your career. Having been there last year, is it a case now that it's almost witted your appetite to go back and, and try and get one?
1: Oh, for sure. It was probably one of the best weeks, you know. Um, we spent the whole week over there and um, you know, race day was incredible. The atmosphere at the track. still remember walking out on the Jurassic cruiser and you know, the crowd was huge and it's just a great day to be part of and pretty well from then on we've been um, you know, in the works to try and get another horse over there um, and luckily Swayze's come along and it looks like the right one to take over, so it's all worked out well and, yeah, can't wait to get back over there, man.
0: Can he win it?
1: Oh, for sure, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've got a lot of faith in the horse and a lot of faith, faith in Jace. He, he knows what he's doing uh, to get a horse ready for a race like this and, yeah, I think um, his form can't be any better and I think he's sort of gone to another level since his black's of fake win, so, um, yeah, hopefully he can you know, put his best foot forward and, um, yeah, he'll be there about for sure.
0: You had another major success yesterday, another fifty thousand dollar race in the four year old boys breeders challenge and look it was it was a pretty easy watch, my ultimate Ronnie. I suppose it just goes to show how good you need to be to race in Eureka's and derbies and those sort of races because when you put a horse like my ultimate Ronnie, who raced in the Eureka, in against normal four year olds, he pids twenty metres on them.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's, uh, he's obviously a top horse, and he had a bit of a drop down in grade um, yesterday. And yeah, he proved that, you know, what sort of horse he is. He, he's just been a class horse since he was a baby, really. And yeah, it was a nice win to get yesterday for the connections.
0: Mate, we're also racing today uh, in New South Wales at Goulburn. Um, what do you make of your drives there? Because for you, it, it doesn't seem, well, on paper your strongest ever book. So have you got a winning chance today at Galbrain?
1: Yeah, I thought probably race three. Ultimate Ad looks probably the class horse. He's just got a tricky barrier, so we need a little bit of luck. But if he gets that, he, he probably should be too good for that field. But um, yeah, we just got to rely on a little bit of luck and probably um, race six as well. The Tiger Army's down in grade a little bit, but he's a horse that means the right trip as well. So I think my whole book, um, you know, that could be three or four winners there or there could be three or four place chances, you know, that just should be there about a so very even race.
0: So. Cam, talk us through yesterday um, from the atmosphere point of view because a day meeting at Menango was different from a night meeting. Night feels like business whereas daytime gives a chance for, for people to get there with their families. What do you prefer? Because I know you're not privy to all the betting information and, and the turnovers and that sort of thing. Do you prefer a Saturday night for this particular meeting or do you think it sits a bit on a Sunday afternoon?
1: Yeah, I quite enjoyed the Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, it seemed to be, you know, a lot of families that got out
0: and,
1: you know, probably ones that might not have gone on a, a night meeting. So, yeah, I quite enjoyed it myself and, yeah, the crowd was quite good.
0: Mate, get round safe today, a Goldburn and get round, get to New Zealand safe in a couple of weeks, mate. We'll be leaning on you over that time to, to talk about the great New South Wales hope, potentially one of two of them heading to the New Zealand Cup. Thanks for your time this morning, Ken. Not a
1: problem. Thanks, mate.
0: Cam Hart, busy man. Uh, feature race win on Swayze yesterday, and of course um, Ultimate Ronnie, who was just fan, or My Ultimate Ronnie, just fantastic, winning the four-year-old final, and heading to New Zealand, so the $750,000 race uh, is going to be on in two weeks, or two weeks tomorrow. Um, we might just pop back, just for those who haven't heard Swayze, because it's, it's pretty dramatic stuff. We might pop back and have a listen to his run from yesterday to give you an indication of what the uh, the new Aussies are taking to New Zealand to take him on.
2: No one with itchy fingers. No one's made a move. They run to the 800 metre mark. 28-6 the next quarter. 58-2 the half and the leader. It's still Swayze. Four metres to the good of spirit of St. Louis. It's going to be a real dash home. Typo third. Our money rocks. Tasty delight. They've got a bit of separation then on the back quintet. Headed by Star Major. Narano's about to make a move as they come towards the home corner. The leader is Swayze. It leads the way by four meters. He taps it up to keep its mind on the job. In second, Pozzi, Spirit of St. Louis, and then typo. Our money rocks. Followed further back, then Tasty Delight, Narano. And Mac da Vinci heads the remainder. 27 1 the quarter. The leader is Swayze. He gets to work hard. Spirit of St. Louis. Our money rocks. Tasty Delight and Narano. They're all trying to wear. Down This gun horse, Swayze, but with a hundred to go, it's Swayze clear running into second. Narano running a cracking race, but it's Swayze for the money. Swayze beats Narano. Our money rocks a good run, third spirit of St. Louis,
0: fourth. So that was one of the runs of day at Tabcourt Parkman angle yesterday. There were plenty of others, and maybe the most graphic to the eye, but definitely on the clock was a two-year-old filly, Lux A-Turner, unbeaten now through her entire two-year-old career. Yesterday paced 149.9, so first time a two-year-old filly has broken 150 in this part of the world. Yes, she's a little bit older than two-year-old fillies would have been two or three years ago, because the age, uh, official date of birth for harness horses is now January 1, It used to be September the 1st, and therefore the horses do have three or four more months of being two or three up their sleeve for these records. Still, you can't take away from what she's doing. She's been an absolute flying machine, and she won by a mile yesterday. Only seven and a half metres, but it could have been so much more, and she beat an Emma Stewart Mark Pitt horse, which, as we all know from Victorian harness racing, isn't easy to do. The man who sits in the sulky behind her, he has trained her expertly all along, is Ricky Elchin. And Ricky, um, I've got to grab grab Ricky in a second. What we'll do is we'll go back to this race. Have a listen to Luxa Turner, because she's so good and so unbeatable at the moment, she might be one of the better young pacing fillies ever produced in this part of the world. Here's Luxa Turner. This is the fifth on the card, the $100,000 Breeders' Challenge two-year-old. Felice final from yesterday.
2: Luxa Turner. At the moment, he's got a pretty strong grip on her. Leads the way by four metres, make it five metres. Running into second on the inside is Renewal. They were followed then by Elusive, our ultimate Luca, and the others are headed by Batim. But what's she got? She comes in the straight, Luxa Turner. She's five metres in front, 27-3 the quarter. He gets to work, Ulchin. In second spot, Renewal. They were followed by ultimate Luca, battling away Elusive, and they're clear of the others. But it's Luxa Turner, parking peepers on this outstanding filly she is the princess of the paceway. she's going to bolt in down to the line Luxa turner nine from nine goes home to beat in second posse renewal what a run libby Lou at any old price
0: Got up to grab the, first... the man with the best seat in the house for that was ricky elchin and ricky she must be very special to you because she looks the ultimate pacing princess professional
3: yeah mick she is she um you know, she was awesome yesterday and, you
0: know, to be the quickest
3: filly, uh, quickest two-year-old, sorry, Colts and Phillies um, in Australasia ever is quite a thrill and she, she deserves it because she, she's such a professional.
0: You've been lucky enough to train some outstanding young horses. You've prepped many of them for sales, for ready-to-runs and all types of things. Is she the best young horse you've had?
3: Oh, I'd have to say yes, um, You know, what, what she's achieved this year, you know, I haven't had another horse that's done that. Obviously she's won the right races, but, um, you know, yesterday was something else. I know the track was fast and it, you know, it was a nice day, but they, they still have to do it. And, you know, she still did have rear plugs in. I'm not saying she had a a tank full of horse left, but you know, she was never, you know, under any sort of extreme pressure by any means
0: what's next for lux Atuna?
3: um look we you know she is breeders crown eligible down in melbourne um and it'll be you know extremely hard not to take her um being the pin-up philly um you know it'd be a great race to win but look she's having a day in the paddock today and she ate up absolutely everything last night and she's bucking around the paddock today so she's pulled up well and We'll just let let the dust settle on yesterday for a couple of days and then make a decision if we head down to Melbourne.
0: What about next season, which obviously for the paces comes around in two months, so she's going to be three very quickly. Do you go into next season with a blueprint of how you want it to look or do you do it in bunches of two or three months? Because obviously we have a real rush at the start of the season. Then we have the middle part of the season, which involves things like a trip to Queensland. And then you have a very busy back end to the season, as we're seeing now with her two-year-old season. So how do you structure in your mind what to do with her three-year-old season?
3: Well, I'm going to be blatantly honest on why I'm here, Mick. Um, and I hope the authorities are listening, because our national rating system is crucifying our nice horses and really looking after our average horses. This filly uh, she's like a hundred and fifteen raider already after ninth start. So even with her drop back that she gets next year, um, you know she's she'll be racing ninety raiders, which are metro seasoned horses. That so to prep her for an Oaks or something like that, it makes it near impossible to place her. Um, so really you know, it will be a matter of trial and just pick the feature mares races. And, you know, it's not just, um, not just her. It's Any nice young horse finds a very hard mark very quickly.
0: Would it be a case of trying to, obviously most Oaks races tend to have prelims. Is it a case that you don't want to go into those prelims uh, without having a run under a belt because some of them can be quite searching? Because I do take on board what you're saying. But obviously, if you go into a Victoria Oaks, you can go to a Victoria Oaks heat. Is it a case that you're not willing to go to jump into 2,700-metre mobile races fresh up? Because obviously, it's a very daunting thing to do. And as you said, if you want to go to the races for a normal Tuesday, you're going to be up against open-class horses.
3: Yeah, that's right. And it's hard on these these horses that are coming out of their two-year-old season straight into virtually... um, Open class, but um, you know, we'll just pick. Obviously, I just have to pick our races, which will look like probably Bathurst, and then take it to Queensland for the winter carnival and might look at a race like the rising sun. But yeah, look, we'll just pick our races,
0: mate. You got a horse heading today to Goulburn called Happy Hamish, and he was a really good winner fresh up. It's not easy to win two uh, your first two starts in your career, but he went 57 around Newcastle. Can he back it up and go two from two today?
3: Look, he won a bad race at Newcastle. Um, He's a nice horse, um, and he's on the way up, but, yeah, we'll probably know more about him today. I think it's a little bit stronger than it was at Newcastle, but he's definitely not out of that race.
0: Okay, we asked Cameron Hart before we got you on whether he thought the Breeders' Challenge worked better as a Saturday night or a Sunday afternoon meeting. Do you have any opinion on that?
3: Um, I think it's a really good slot, a Sunday afternoon, and, um,
0: you know, Clubman Engel...
3: Um, It was the first time back doing it and made it a family fun day. I mean, the crowd probably wasn't uh, quite as good as they would have hoped, but hopefully, you know, in years to come, they can build on it and make sort of a, you know, a carnival out of the breeders' challenge and and make the final day a really good day on a Sunday. Yeah, I do like it.
0: Mate, before we let you go, um, you have a couple of horses entered tomorrow at Menangle, the Tuesday afternoon meeting, and they both look some sort of chance. Can you train a winner there tomorrow?
3: Um... Look, Tuffer uh, is a filly that probably, you know, in a winnable race again, but has drawn awkwardly. Um, and I've got a bit of time for Go Away again. He, he's a horse that's um, only had the had four runs now, for two wins in a second. And um, yeah, he, he should improve from last week's run. I think he'll be um, hard to beat tomorrow.
0: Mate, we're enjoying Luxa Thank you to you and the connections of the horse. We're, we're loving seeing what she's doing. We're looking forward to hopefully cheering her on in Victoria in about a month's time. So thanks for joining us this morning, Ricky. Congratulations. No worries, Mick. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Great to see some honesty there. Ricky just wants to say it as it is, and good on him. He's earned the right to do so. Um, Other couple of big wins yesterday. I keep smiling. Fair and square parked outside Major Delight and beat it in the three-year-old Phillies final. It was a crushing performance because Major Delight's a very good filly. So Luke and Belinda, have a wonderful filly on their hands. She is by the stallion Sweet Lou, who stands in New Zealand. In the three-year-old boys' final, it was even better. Captain's knock. He went to Victoria. He raced in the Derby heats and the Derby, and he's had to come back to New South Wales, which is not an easy thing to do. And he took on a very good field yesterday. And what he did this.
2: And Ra, better be the best broke. Better be the best is up in the air and has made a gallop and going for home here. It's Captain's Knock 26 3. It was a heartbreaker. He's dashed away. As they straighten up, the leader is Captain's Knock over Waratalu Model Bardo. They were followed behind those runners then by Bainbridge. But it's Captain's Knock. He's full of running. Captain's Knock well clear 100 ago. go. Cometh the hour. Cometh the man. This is a big, big win for Captain's Knock. And Captain's Knock wins the group one. Second, I reckon, Warratah, Lou knows.
0: Yeah, he is a very, very good horse. Um, Forget Victoria when we didn't see the best of him. Captain's Knock smashed them, one by 13.5 metres, and he paced his last 800 metres in 52.7. Now, if you listen to the gallops a lot and you watch the dogs, you probably don't know how quick that is. That's about as quick as they go. That's about as quick as I've ever gone at an angle. And he did it absolutely jogging. The man in charge of him as Brad Hewitt. Mate, that must have made you very proud because your horse had to get up off the canvas after the Victoria Derby and he had to be a good horse to do what he's done in the last fortnight.
4: Yeah, that's right, Mick. Um, yeah, it was a bit deflating the, the Victorian trip. He, uh, he's
0: such a little professional
4: and uh, he went down there and got it all wrong, just pulled his head off over there. The twenty seven hundred, which uh, obviously he can't do, but uh, to his credit, he he um, come back and got on top of things um, pretty quick. He just had a light week before the semi final, and um, yeah, then he was just yeah, couldn't have had him better going through the week. He was jumping out of his skin, so you know, just, yeah, I was just so proud of him to come out and yeah, show around that he's uh, the real deal
0: he almost looked like an American speed pacer yesterday. He got up there on tight lines and just seemed to be loving life. Um, it must have been a pretty cool ride to be going sub 150 and be doing it without really needing to extend the horse too much.
4: Yeah, I actually said to, to the boys the owners and that, like, whatever wins the race is probably going to have to to go 50 or, or better. And when we went so, so early, I thought, oh, well, that's, that's out the window, but um, I thought, yeah, obviously the, he was a huge team to yeah, win and then I didn't think he'd be able to get beat after going so far, but yeah, I was a bit shocked when I come back and seen that he'd broken 150, but yeah, obviously yeah, brilliant last half and yeah, he, he'd done it, he's still going as hard on the line as what he was at the top of Australia. is still, yeah, just powering through the line.
0: What happens to him next? Does he have obligations for the Breeders' Crown down in Victoria, or do you start thinking about his early four-year-old season and races like the Chariots of Fire?
4: Yeah, no, that'll do for this season. Nicky come back from a yeah, long spell and off a little injury, and um, yeah, he's had the, the sudden starts back now. I think it was I looked last night, and um, yeah, he's come through it all good. That's all I want to do is get to the end of yeah, this month and through yesterday we unscathed and we've yeah, done that and he's uh, jumping out of his skin again this morning so he'll just go to the paddock and have a bit of a, a freshen up and yeah, aim up at the uh, character fire, the Miracle Mile Carnival
0: Mate, you've had some really good horses in the last two or three years and you've really come to prominence in the game is he the best horse you've got, best horse you've had even?
4: Ah uh, yeah potentially Nick. he's uh, he's got such great speed and yeah, he's a good little racehorse and or even defended the, the semi-final last week he was headed up the straight and he just had that will to win like he fought back and and wanted to, to win so that, that goes a long way to making good horse too but um, yeah he's, he's definitely right up there anyway
0: mate not quite um as sexy and definitely not as fast will be Goldburn today <laughs> you're hitting there for a a few drives, you look to get a nice enough book for those of us who are looking to build the bank for the next couple of weeks of big racing. Do you have potentially a winner there today?
4: Um, not too sure, me, but I think uh, most yeah the ones I'm driving for my brother Scott and um, they're either yeah first up or um, yeah second up from pretty decent breaks. So um, yeah, and a few awkward draws too. So I'm I'm sure after the day, get a bit of, bit more of a gauge on them, but there's a couple there. If things go the way, they can uh, definitely finish into money, I think.
0: Mate, we've spoken to a couple of the other guests this morning, Cam Hart and Ricky Olchin, about whether they like the Breeders Challenge on a Sunday afternoon. Did Obviously, you enjoyed winning there, but do you think it sits nicely on a Sunday as a point of difference from the regular Saturday night racing?
4: Yeah, I myself love it, Nick. Um, yeah, it gives all the Families another chance to go there with the kids. I've got two young kids uh, myself, and like yeah, it gives them all them a chance to go there and enjoy the day. And um, yeah, when when you get back, like we all got to go for a beer last night. Whereas yeah, the Sunday nights you're getting home sort of after midnight, and it's yeah, straight to bed. So yeah, I, I enjoy it personally. But um, yeah, I'm, I hope I can stay there.
0: Mate, and just talking about Captain's Knock, of course, I believe that the triple place, and the, that, that's the one that Jared Croker, the recently retired uh, Canberra star, is in. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure those boys probably enjoyed having a chance to go to the races with their families and, and actually spend some time with you and your family afterwards, actually enjoy the experience rather than having to jump in the car and go straight home.
4: Yeah, that's a trial. We still jumped in the car and went home. And had a few, yeah, a few drinks after or whatever, but yeah, we got back. To the pub last night and yeah, had some dinner and a few more bees to pop them all up. But um, yeah, it's, it's great like Especially turned on a day like yesterday, a like, beautiful day and weather. It's um, yeah, it couldn't have been any better.
0: Mate, um, you're, you're doing a super job. The team's had an astronomical 2023. I think this is the best horse you've got. I think he's the best horse you've had since I've known you. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do because if he goes 49-9 yesterday, he's a 148 horse in my mind. Brad, thanks for your time, mate. You've been very uh, good to us with your time over the last couple of months. We'll try not to bother you for a couple of weeks, but if you keep training winners, well, we might keep ringing. <laughs>
4: no worries, mate. Thanks for me.
0: It's Brad Hewitt. Um, stunning day yesterday at Menangle, so we, um, some big winners throughout the day. congratulations to all of them involved. The Breeders Challenge, four-year-old boys, my ultimate Ronnie. Four-year-old mares, Captains Queen for Nathan Jack and Amanda Turnbull. Luxa Turner we have spoken about. Two-year-old boys, won by Nathan Street for Freddie Tabor and Jack and um, a f- son of Lazarus, the mighty Lazarus, his first Group 1 winner. So congratulations to all involved there. I keep smiling for Belinda and Luke McCarthy was quite sensational winning in the three-year-old Phillies. Captain's knock, we just spoke to Brian Hewitt, and Swayze. Who won the free for all, heading to the New Zealand Cup two weeks tomorrow? The main contenders in New Zealand for the New Zealand Cup Old Town Road, Akuta, and the likes racing today at Kaikoura. That's the track with the ocean in the background. You see the back straight? The ocean's there. If you've never seen it and you find yourself with some spare time at lunchtime, pop to uh, the pub tab or check it out because it's pretty remarkable. That'll be on Sky One today. Kaikura Harness Akuta versus Old Town Road and Self-Assured the horses who will try and defend the New Zealand Cup fort from Swayze and potentially Spirit of St. Louis in the next couple of weeks. Thank you for listening to On the Pace This Morning. Well done to Clubman Angle and Harness Racing New South Wales on a super breeders challenge day yesterday. We'll be back with more harness racing at ten thirty on Wednesday morning.